Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langland, your host, and today I am welcoming in Dr. Katie Eastman. She is going to be sharing some golden nuggets, folks, on loss and change. And when something ends, we can create a better version of ourselves. So grab your coffee, sit back, relax. You're not going to want to miss all of those tips, tricks, and nuggets that Dr. Katie E. will be sharing with us today. Sit back, relax, and let's get started with the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host. So happy that you are joining me and my special guest today, Dr. Katie Eastman. She is a national grief trauma therapist and change transition coach and consultant as a licensed psychotherapist and transition life coach specializing in leadership, loss, and change. She supports individuals of all ages, including children and organizations before, during, and after significant loss. Dr. Katie, I am so pleased to have you on. I've been looking forward to this conversation and all of the beautiful nuggets that you're going to be sharing with us and the listeners who may be or have dealt with loss. So welcome to Let Fear Bounce. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So I want to dive right in. You are a licensed psychotherapist. Now, a lot of listeners might not know what a psychotherapist is. So could you explain that first, please? Well, I have been through a lot of training in psychology. And so one of the things that makes my training unique, however, is as a psychotherapist, I have a doctorate in psychology and I learned how to view the human being in five different ways, mind, body, spirit, emotion, and also background. So I have a lot of different perspective that I bring from my training so that makes me different from some, some other titles, maybe a counselor or someone else who has fewer years of training. I've been in school a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so you focus on grief and loss. I do. I focus on change and loss more than grief now. But yes, because I have a fundamental belief And my training from when I was very, very young, when I first met Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in my 20s, I learned that really, if we understand any situation from this perspective of loss, what we lost from any situation, then we can understand better what we need, what's important to us, what we value, who we value. And so I learned that very early on and just about any psychopathology, any issue, you can always find a loss. You know, and so many, we were talking off mic here a few minutes ago, there are so many dealing with some sort of loss, especially over the last few years. It's, and I think it came maybe as a surprise to many many people around the world and they weren't quite prepared for it. So is there something in general that, that, a fo- you know, just in general, someone like me say, you know, I lost my job at the very beginning of the pandemic, was not expecting it. And it, it turned my world around and it, I had to completely change direction. But some folks might not be able to do that 
quite as quickly as I did. What, what words do you have for folks that might be experiencing something unexpected like that? And they're like, oh my goodness, what do I do now? Well, the first thing you do, and we all learned this the hard way during the pandemic, is that you ask yourself the question, what am I missing? What's gone now? What do, what do I really need in my life that has been taken away? And that's usually something that we have lost. And when we ask ourselves that question, well, what's missing and what do I wish I had? That gives you information about what's important. Then you can redirect that information into new energy to create something new. And then you grow from it. You learn from it and you grow from it. And that can be as small as a loss of creativity or, but in many people's cases, we had a loss of safety. We had a loss of certainty, predictability, stability, sustainability. I mean, there were losses all over the place, but we're not used to as a culture identifying things in relationship to loss. So we don't quite know how to wrap our heads around it and figure out, well, what, what do I do to learn from this? So if you reframe your, your experiences in terms of what did I lose here? What am I missing? What do I wish I had? What was taken away from me? Then you understand what's most important in your life and you find a different way to get it. It's fascinating. And it seems when you explain it that way, it seems like common sense. But when you're in the midst of it, mm -hmm. or it's something that you've never really put much thought into, I mean, you know, really, people in general, especially in America, you get up, you have your schedule, you're, you're working, you're working nine to five or whatever your hours are, or you're married and you've got kids, and you're in that same cycle, that same routine day after day after day after day, and then when you're slammed with something, you're, you're caught unaware and you may you might be stopped right in your tracks for a bit and that's that's a tough place to be when i lost my job I told myself kim you get one day to be angry at the world mm -hmm. one day 24 hours and that's it and i used that 24 hours really well to be angry <laughs> i did yeah. a great job yeah. at it yeah and then the next day i said okay this is either a setback or this is an opportunity I decided that it was an opportunity to crack open a new door and take a peek in and see what's out there. What can I do? What's my skill set? What am I good at? What am I passionate about? What do I like to do? And it took a while. So, you know, two and a half years later, I'm still doing what I like, what I'm good at and what I want to. That was risky. And mm -hmm. I decided at my age where I'm at now, if I don't do it now, when will I? but not everybody's built like that. So what are, do you have any tips or something for folks that might not have that mindset? I, and I know everybody doesn't think that way and everybody wouldn't just jump and say, you know what, this is not stopping me. I'm not sending out resumes anymore. I'm gonna make my own job. For those folks that it just might just completely turn their world upside down, do you have any tips that they could possibly put into play? Yes, I, I call this a perspective of recreation that every time we end something, we have an opportunity to recreate ourselves into a better version of ourselves. And the most important aspects of that are your wants and your needs. 
And your needs are things you really need to be who you are, okay? A want is something that is negotiable. It can be moderated, but a need is not. So one of the things you do is when you lose something significant, like a job or a relationship, you stop and you think, and you ask yourself questions. What do I need and what do I want? What is most important? And then you come up with action steps. What's one thing I can do every day to put myself forward in a new way? And, and it might be as simple as thinking about something differently, like changing your attitude to recreation instead of ending. And, you know, your idea of being angry for a day, that anger is your fuel. That anger is your messenger, your emotions, your body. You have Elizabeth Kubler-Ross taught that we have four parts of ourselves that we have to address our mind, our body, our spirit, and our emotion. So your body is where you usually get the first message. Are you feeling sick? Are you feeling anxious? Are you upset? Are you crying? Are you laughing? Are you, what are you feeling? Then you ask yourself, okay, what is that telling me? Then you use your mind and you say, what do I need? What do I want? And your spirit is, how can I contribute? You, you did a beautiful job of saying, you know, what do I have to offer this world to make it a better place? Because all of us need to feel like we're contributing. So once you look at all those four areas, then you have information to start doing things differently. I love how the word that you're using, recreation. Now, I, I also know that recreate, you've got, it's, it's an acronym. Yes for a program that you have. Could you share, could you share that with us? I, I think it's, I love it and it's fascinating. So the word is recreate. Well, it's seven steps. Starts with reflection. And, and it really, and it ends with evolving. And so it really is a process of asking a lot of questions of yourself throughout this process. And each letter represents a different word. So if you begin with the reflection, you will evolve. And I have an ebook that I'm putting out that has the, the steps laid out for you. And I just wrote a book that's coming out in December that gives uplifting stories of people who've gone through this process and changed their lives through some of the most unimaginably difficult situations that if they can do it, you can do it. And I think it's awesome that you've got an ebook as well as a book coming out in December. Are you able to share the name of the book that's coming out in December? Not quite sure what the title is going to be, oh, okay. but I know it'll have change, loss, and growth in it. And the first word is yet to be decided. <laughs> well, I'm excited about it because I can't wait to get a copy when you get that out. So we definitely have to keep in touch here, Dr. Katie, so I know when that book is coming out. And folks, she, you know, she's, I don't know, you're, you're a wealth of knowledge. There's so many directions I could go with my questions, but I have to keep in mind that we don't have all day. <laughs> <laughs> I love how with the recreate, it starts with what did you, reflecting? And, reflecting, yes. And then towards yes. the end of this process of this seven or eight step process that you've evolved uh, yes. into something better, or you see, you see the world through different lenses. 
Yes, it's based on a metaphor. The way that they make gold is they melt off layers. And I believe we have layers of loss. And every time we melt off another layer, we get closer to who we truly are and wanna be. In the process of refining gold, when they're done, they can see the reflection of themselves in the piece that they're making. Well, that's really what I believe our layers of loss teach us. By the time we pull off layer and layer and layer, by the time we die, we've become closer to being who we're meant to be. That's beautiful too. It's also, it's a beautiful metaphor and it fits perfectly. You know, I think a lot of people, I know folks that I know personally struggle with that self-awareness, don't want to look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. don't want to see the reflection. Uh, It could be from past trauma or, you know, for whatever reason it might be, Um, could be from aging, something like that. You know, the loss of your youth, you know, that's another loss or the loss of the use of your body. You know, if something happens, your, your body starts to deteriorate as it does. We are all going to age. We can't stop that reflection. That's a pretty powerful thing. I think, what would you say to someone looking in the mirror and just not liking what they're seeing? They see something completely different than what the world sees. What I always say to people is everyone needs you. At some point in my mother taught me this in a very simple way when I was a kid. And and one of the reasons I wrote this book is because too many people as children don't learn about loss. And if we could learn to manage our little losses all along the way as kids, we'd have so many more tools when we become adults And one of the tools that my mom gave me when I was growing up is that she said, Katie, you know, one day I was in the grocery store and there was a woman who was crying and she obviously was upset about something that had happened in her life. And all I did was smile at her, a reassuring glance. And she looked at me like, wow, that really made a difference. I felt like I mattered. And my mother said, you never know who needs you or who's going to need you in the smallest of ways. But if you don't take care of yourself and care about yourself, then you're denying the world what you can give someone else. Ooh, you're denying the world what you can give. Exactly. Yes. Nicely put. Well, and I believe the purpose of life is to make a difference in someone else's life. I think we all need each other. And we know that from science. We know that from every indicator that we have in this world. We forget it. And some people forget it more than others, but we do. And if we do remember that we're all connected and we all belong and we're all here for a reason, then we're a lot happier. I agree. You know, and I I loved listening to that story about how, you know, just sharing a smile because you never know what is behind going on behind that mask that people wear every day. And we all do it, folks. We all do it. We will put a mask on from time to time, if not every day, for the world to see. I've done it too, and I've, I'll do it again. I am sure of it. But I like how you said, you know, just a smile can change a world. And if it's not the world, it's that person's world. That's how I'm always putting it. Right. I, I'm always talking about tossing hope nuggets out there. I want to walk yeah. around with my bucket of nuggets. Yes. Filled with hope and just toss it like confetti. And I've been on a mission with that since the beginning of the year 
that that is my thing this year. I feel very strongly nudged to share these little nuggets of hope. You never know the impact that you can have on someone's life. Not just that day or that minute. It could very well be changing their life because we don't know what they're sitting in right now. It could be saving their life. Absolutely. I completely agree. I was with someone yesterday who was sharing with me that one of the things that helped her get through moments of deep, deep darkness was pieces of hope, just moments of hope where something positive happened that she clung to. And eventually they get more and more and bigger and bigger and more and more visible. But sometimes they're teeny. They're really teeny. I remember a mom, I used to work with dying kids and their families and nothing teaches you about hope like that because it is tiny. And I, I it was a dad that I met one day and it was right two weeks after his daughter had died and I asked him, how are you doing today? Because when someone's in a dark place, you don't ask them, hey, how are you? Because life sucks and right. that's just reality. So what you ask them is, how are you doing right now? Or how are you doing today? And he said, oh, and he felt his pulse. And he said, I'm above ground. My pulse is clear. It's a good day. And that's seriously where I learned pieces of hope because it's being out of bed for some people. It's talking to you. It's relating to the world at all is hope. So I think it's really important for people to remember hope is not huge. Hope can be tiny, tiny, tiny and mm -hmm. seem insignificant, but it's not. And I like how you said that the, the one person you were speaking to she got that little piece of hope somewhere and she clung to it. She clung to it. Yes. Clung to it. Grab on, hold and hold on tight right. folks. Uh, right. You know, and it, you're right. And I completely agree with it. It could be, you know, just something teeny tiny. And right. that's been the, that's happened in my life. It's probably happened in everybody's mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. You know, where you're going through, you're going through a storm and it just seems like right. one storm after the other, you know? Right. Right. And maybe it's a walk in the morning with your dog mm -hmm. and you see a rainbow Mm-hmm. Well, and for all of us during COVID, that was where we really had to learn this lesson because we were still enough. We were quieted. We weren't doing our usual rat race lifestyle that prevented us from stopping and listening and smelling and using our five senses. And we connected a lot more with each other and outside because it was all we had. So everybody kind of had to cling to whatever was most important to them to get through it. And it really was a valuable time if people learned from it. And I agree with that as well. I've talked to, to quite a few folks over the past couple of years who have said, you know, COVID was awful, but it was also great mm -hmm. because it enabled them and uh, the people I was speaking to, they were married, had families, said it enabled us as a family to reconnect where we had completely, we didn't realize that we were not connected anymore. We were all so busy going here, going there, going to this practice, going to work, going to the doctor, going to the dentist, that continuous cycle, they forgot what it was like to be with each other. 
Yes. I heard a celebrity dad yesterday say he was home with his 16 year old son for a whole year. He never would have had that had it not been for COVID. So I, I think it was a real lesson in during dark times, look for the light because it's always there. And sometimes the light is minuscule. I remember a story, a favorite story, and this is in my book of a, a little girl who was dying. And one of the things she really needed and wanted more than anything was her sparkly lights on her tree. And she had had a tree by her bed. So at two in the morning, a nurse and I brought that tree into her hospital room so she could die with her twinkly lights tree. And that may seem really ridiculous to some people, but no, it was not. It, it lit her up. And so I want people to remember what lights you up? What makes you feel hopeful? What is important and valuable to you? Because when you're lit up, you automatically light other people up. I am right on the verge of tears from that little story that you just shared. <laughs> I had to take a deep breath on that one. Well, and, and that's the whole message of everything I do is that, yes, but in those tears, you're realizing that there are lights in the midst of darkness and that even in the worst of times that people would imagine would be filled with pain and sorrow, there was joy. She lit up and everyone lit up because yeah. of her. And I watched dying children light up so many times and they became my luminaries. And their stories are in my book. I was just going to say, I hope that you're sharing some of those in yep. the book. Wow. What an amazing journey. And I love how, you know, I'm always saying, you know, when you're sitting in your darkness, always, always look up. Don't mm -hmm. forget to look up because it might just be a pinprick mm -hmm. of light, but it is out there. Someone had shared with me years ago, I was having a really bad day. Um, I live with PTSD. I had one of those days where it, it was just a bad day. And where I worked at, they had a, an underground garage. So I went down there and I was sitting on the curb of the garage, the, the ramp going out and just sitting there struggling to maintain. And I had a gentleman, he was a Vietnam veteran and he came and sat down beside me and he goes, and I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, what are you doing down here, kid? And I said, I'm just not having a great day. And he goes, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that. He goes, let me tell you something. Where you're sitting at, you're in the bottom of the barrel right now. And it's really dark down there, isn't it? And I said, yes. And he goes, but where are your hands? And I said, I don't understand. He goes, are your hands down by your side and you're just looking down in the bottom of all that gunk that you're sitting in? Or are you hanging on by your fingertips to the top, to the rim of that barrel? Mm. And I said, I think I'm hanging on by my fingertips. He goes, all right then, you're hanging on. Now lift your head up. Mm. Lift your head up because there's light up there, kid. Mm -hmm. And I, I will never, ever forget that. Mm. That he followed me down three flights of stairs because he felt something was a little off and he just sat down on that curb with me and talked about the barrel. And at that time, his wife was, was dying of cancer. And he took the time out to sit and share that with me 
I, I will never forget that. It was so powerful. And so I've always remembered that. And I'm always saying, you know, always, always look up because there is a pinprick of light. Always. Even in the darkest of times. It sounds like it might be easy to say to people, but I think most people who say that have sat in pretty darn heavy darkness themselves. Yes. And they've been willing to share their stories. I heard a dad the other day whose daughter died in from suicide. And he was able to say after his healing process, I have learned the value and the importance of sharing a story with vulnerability, because if only if you allow yourself to do that, will you give someone else an opportunity to find their own hope. So I think that's a really important message of your podcast, my book, and a lot of people understand that you you need to share your story when you're ready share your story and i think a lot of what i do you ask me what i do as a psychotherapist that's what i do i had one mom say you walked with me through hell you hold you held my hand all the way through and you were there when i removed when i came out and from that you allowed me to tell my story all the way through hell and now I can tell my story to others with hope. So I really do believe that these podcasts where we're telling stories and sharing stories and sharing our experiences, they're vital if we learn from them. Absolutely. What a beautiful visual that you just painted about the woman that you were just saying that, you know, you mm -hmm. held her hand as she walked through hell. Yep. And you were still holding her hand as she came out the other side into light. Mm -hmm. That's a, you know, I immediately, I have visuals in my head of that. So uh, that was, that was beautiful. Now share with the folks where they can find out more about you, Dr. Katie, where can they find you? Well, I currently have a website called recreatecoachandcounsel.com and my uh, about page is there and I'm creating a new website that'll be done hopefully by the end of July. And my social media is at the in the show notes here on your page. And I will be known as Dr. Katie E on my new website. And my book will be coming out December 9th, which is the birthday of one of my greatest teachers who happened to have been a 17-year-old boy. Awesome. I cannot wait for the book. December 9th, you even have the date and everything. It's his birthday. And yes. Dr. Katie E, sounds like you're <laughs> rebranding yourself with your new website. So that's exciting stuff as well. Be sure to check out her website. And as she mentioned, everything will be in the show notes along with the links to all of her social media platforms that she is currently on. So you can connect with her in numerous ways. Dr. Katie, thank you so much for spending some time with me today on Let Fear Bounce and sharing your insight and those nuggets that you shared with everybody out there. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Everybody out there listening, thank you for spending part of your day with myself and Dr. Katie Eastman. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.